this is Amy Allen from the Dead Files, and you're listening to the Alternate Route Podcast. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, it does happen. Ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's hysteria! Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal. You have found the Paranomaly Zone, your place for all things paranormal, unexplained, odd, and mysterious, and of course, all of the good times in between. My name is Patrick Koffenberg. I am responsible for these shenanigans, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, hmm, the the radiant Mike (laughs) Carbno. The radiant. The radiant Mike mm-hmm. Carb, no, I don't know why that. I think it's because you're 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 glowing almost with the way the lighting is, and yeah, I, your black shirt is really making your yeah. your face look a lot brighter. Yeah, so. <laughs> and if I had my light off behind me, I'd yeah. be a floating head. There you go. Yes, I I'd actually, be a floating head the size of an orange. Oh, look at this on size. A toothpick. Look at the size <laughs> of that boy's head. He's <laughs> his own solar system. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Good, good to see you, Mike. Uh, radiant as always. Um, yeah. Um, what are other? Let's try some alliterations here. What other R's? Radiant. Um, ravishing. <laughs> mm, you're pushing it a little bit there. Um, uh, Iridescent. Ro- uh, robust. How's that? Robust. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, you're just looking at the girth of my belly. <laughs> And I had to girth. use that word girth. Yeah, everyone loves the word girth. <laughs> yeah, so. put that on the same list as moist. Oh, no. But not moist even... is an awesome word because no. it can mean. No, it is not an yes, awesome word. Because you know what? The first thing I think of moist when I hear the word moist. Oh, God. Is wonderful. What? Wonderful. Just moist. Jesus. Freshly I... baked cake. Oh, good. Thank you for saying that. My Lord. <laughs> I was you really were, pushing that. You were making oh, the me, moist, you the moistest, I wish, the moist cake. I wish our oh. list, we sh- too bad this wasn't a video or a streaming episode right now. I wish people <laughs> could have seen how you were gesticulating and like. I was gesticulating. Ma- you know, moving back and forth as he repeated the word moist. Uh. I was like, man, you enjoy that word way too much, Mike. So Yes, um, like, uh, uh, what what show was that? Um, Richard Keel. <laughs> Singing the song "Gesticulation." Oh, good lord! I on uh, um, Richard Keel. Howard Keel was his name. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Richard singing Keel the was... song "Gesticulation" on um, it was a a musical from the fifties or forties, I okay. think. Yeah, because Richard Wonderful. Keel was Richard Keel was Jaws. He was like the giant guy from right. Like seven foot yeah, I mean, I meant Howard Keel. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Richard Keel was singing a song yes. called "Gesticulation." <laughs> Could you imagine that? 
Yeah, that, that was deleted scene from a James Bond film, apparently. Yeah, uh, <laughs> singing through those uh, teeth, those teeth of his, biting <laughs> <laughs> through cables. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're off to a roaring yeah. start here. Uh, hey, but you know what? This is uh, the Paranomaly Zone, friends. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in and you happen to be a listener of an, I have a podcast called the Alternate Route Podcast that has some, somehow disappeared from your podcast feed, well, happy day you found us because we're the same guys just under a different uh, yeah. banners slash name slash whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, moniker. Moniker. There you go. Slightly different formats, uh, essentially the same um, if you are. Discovering us for the first time helps spread the word. Uh, tell people about the Paranomaly Zone. Um, things are looking good. Things are looking up, Mike, since we've uh, rebranded the podcast. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it going with yes. some cool paranormal, paranormal, <laughs> paranormal. Paranormal pollen, pollen. We got a good one, though. Poop. We've got a good one. This is one that I know Mike has hinted at strongly before in the past. I have. Uh, the I hate saying the infamous... No, uh, um, I don't like using that term. The first reported, you can say that. Well, definitely the the one that really kind of took off in and went into you know into the mainstream. Yeah, you know, it was the, actually the first reported alien abduction. Well, okay, but there's that that, that made it big. That's what the, I'm saying. Yeah, stream, yeah, yes. that's what I'm saying. That made it to the you know to the public consciousness. Yes. And it's uh, it definitely you know, it became a sensation. I mean, books are written about it. Uh, movie made about movie it. Movie made about. It. Of course, we're talking about the Barney and Betty Hill. Well, let's just say it: alien abduction yes. story. It's still controversial to this day. Um, it's a story that has been covered up and down, sideways and forwards and backwards numerous mm-hmm. times. But you know what? We haven't done it yet, <laughs> so right. um, I, and we're I, looking I, forward to it. I highly recommend the movie. Um, Estelle Parsons played Betty, and the one and only James Earl Jones played Barney, and he was absolutely fabulous in that. Like he is in everything, but you will see some very awesome uh, James Earl Jones in that movie. And, and it really that. lays out what happened, and I think they follow along pretty well um, of what everything that was, you know, allegedly happened. So and well I, worth I wanted the alien that. abduction. I think it's something called something like that. I want to get this out there right now. Um, I have not seen the movie, but Mike has. Uh, I have seen clips of it. I saw it when I was a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen clips of it, but um, that's it. So I won't be able to share any uh, opinions or info regarding the movie, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. it is definitely a very well-known story in the alien community, the alien community, <laughs> the, yeah, um, the, the, well, the community of those interested the, the in the ufology alien. There you community. go. Ufology uh, community. Those interested. Ufological. In the, those interested in the something um, alien, I guess, phenomenon, you know, the alien abduction phenomenon, the alien visitation phenomenon. This is perhaps the best known story. Uh, we kind of dove into the Travis Walton experience few episodes ago well not kind of we did for our, we did a, another fascinating story yes, uh for our one last take segment which we uh which we still would love to have travis on the show yep i'm i'm he, trying i'm reaching yeah, out he I'm does do out. a podcast i've heard him recently and uh segueing though i did briefly mention the one last take segment from a few podcasts ago talking about travis walton and the travis walton experience tonight's one last take is another good one 
Another thing that we haven't talked about before, Mike, believe it or not, for however many years we did the Elton Rob podcast, we never talked about the, well, as I described it last night in the tweet promoting it, the grotesque, mysterious phenomena of cattle mutilations. I mean, it's something that's not really a fun topic, you know, when you think about the the content of it, but it's happening and it's a mystery. and it's been reported from since the 1700s, actually. Right, centuries. When it first started, and uh, the last one that I that I came up with that was reported was in uh, 2019, I believe. So it, it is still yeah. going on. Oh yeah, yep. To this day, and it's it's inexplicable. It really is. Yes. And uh, we'll, we're uh, we're going to save and all fascinating that for, at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Um, we're not going to reveal any of our takes on that right now because, hey, right. that's, that's, why work way into it. that's why it's saved for our one last take segment, which, Mike, I, I might have mentioned this before. That's quickly becoming my favorite part of the of the I enjoy it, too. I really enjoy it. Um, but the only reason I do enjoy it is because I have to because you do, because you oh. are the uh, reason for the, all of this shenanigans. So uh-huh, sure, it's sure. kind of like in like a butt kissing thing. Yes, oh, Patrick, that's a very good idea. I think we should do that. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your <laughs> your ass kissing. At least you're being you're being honest right now. So no, actually, it is fascinating and it is great. I hope the listeners really enjoy it because we certainly do, and we can, you know, we're gonna we have to really dive into the, you know, the many things that we can talk about in that last take the pop yeah. culture the oh you know, sure. the different things of something that's not paranormal that is still of interest to to our listeners mm-hmm. so, and you know it's it's become a it's like i said it's probably my favorite part of the newly refurbished format of this podcast i mean it's it's new in comparison to how we did the alternate route podcast right and we and left- not like not like we want to change a lot of things no. because if it ain't broke don't fix it right but i do like but the we, uh, I, I like the yeah. more streamlined absolutely formats and i love getting in diving right into the content and then um the main yeah. content and then saving one last take yeah for it's something the, that we don't in- necessarily it's stuff that uh, we're trying to find topics that are i not necessarily they're not unique to paranormal programming by any means but stuff that i think we can do a rapid fire um off the cuff literally off the cuff responses to replies to and share our opinions of these fascinating topics you know in a -hmm. a quick streamlined way essentially (laughs) i mean that absolutely i didn't sound too intelligent when i said that right there but i I think you got the gist of it though so right and and all of this is part of um the evolving of of the show yeah no nope, i agree um, i agree and hopefully yeah. for the better hopefully for the better so well mike let's just dive right into it mike is um um if if uh if you're tuning in for the first time every now and then i'm just warning the mike you might hear a dog yeah, gotta uh, be uh, gotta be warned you might have you might hear a dog bark or or, or a baby speak <laughs> yes <laughs> because yes, mike has a, a a growing german shepherd puppy and growing he's, He's a grandpa, yeah. and he is a babysitting a grandchild at the moment. So yes, I think Mary's first grandchild, and he's a. He, you might hear him vocalizing now. Actually, yes, you can. I think he's uh, getting ready to break out into the singing the Star Spangled Banner or something. Well, good. He's, there he goes. He's, patri- <laughs> he's a patriotic young man. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, Very good. beautiful child, of course, but you know. Well, Mike, let's let's just dive right into it. Um, yes. The first time you ever heard of the. Barney and Betty Hill alien abduction story. Was that via the movie? Uh, yes, it was actually. I was pretty young. The movie came out 
was it 1970? Uh, Keep talking. I'll look it up. Keep talking. Something like that. Very, you know, I mean, the incident happened in, I believe, 1961. And I think the movie came out. Yes. 70. The, 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 early the, 70. the alleged occurrence took place in 1960, September of 1961. I'm still looking right. up the movie date, though. Yeah. I, yeah. And I saw the movie on TV, a little kid. And I just, you know, I was mesmerized by it and loved it. Got it right here. 1975, the UFO incident. So. The fact-based story, the fact-based story chronicles Barney and Betty, an average couple who encounter a UFO but refuse to discuss the incident, only to find years later that their secret is putting a strain on both themselves and their marriage. Well, they were traumatized beyond traumatization. (laughs) That's not a word, but thank you. (laughs) Yes. Well. It, it fits. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, I, I remember seeing the movie, and uh, you know, even if, well, I was what a, a new teenager at the time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, long before that, I'd been, as longtime listeners know, ding, ding, ding. I've, uh, <laughs> I have uh, uh, been fascinated by this stuff, you know, long before then as a young child. So, of course, you know, when I see this advertised, this movie, have to see it. Um, when I watched it as a kid, I, I was, I had a, it had a great um, effect on me. And, and I believed it from the beginning. It had, it rung true with me. Uh, and from there I had uh, tried to do some research and, and uh, learn more about this and uh, fascinating story. Now, as a viewer of the movie, you might've just said that, were you skeptical at all or were, did you buy it 100 well, percent when you watched it to me i just took it as, as truth i mean you know maybe i was impressionable as a, as a young child like that but and easy to believe things um well i've always been easy to believe things but as i've grown and matured i have been able to pick through these things of and be more um uh selective in what i believe but but at that time, it really rung true with me, and I was uh, um, fascinated by it, and and I've believed it ever since. Sure. So, well, let's run let's run through the gist of the story again. If you're if you're a, a fan of all things paranormal, uh, unexplained, odd, and mysterious, you know, aliens included, chances are you're familiar with the story. Right. So we'll fly through some of the facts here. This took, as we mentioned before, this took place in September. 1961, I have it written down here, Mike. You can hear my note, my my professional notes. Right. It was actually in New Hampshire's White Mountains. Right, right. A September night, it was it was nighttime. Uh, very fascinating. Now, from what I understand, Barney uh, and Betty were on, they were taking a much-needed break from their jobs. Barney worked right. at the post office, and Betty worked, uh, she did child or she took she did welfare cases, I believe, for the state. Mm-hmm. I, something along those lines. I should I should make sure we get all these stat or this this information correct when we get there. But they were um they decided to take essentially a very spontaneous and kind of hmm I don't know if I want to say what's the word I'm looking for? Not be, uh, uh, impulsive. That's what I'm looking for. Kind impromptu. Of, uh, impromptu, impulsive, uh, definitely spontaneous <laughs> decision to take a break. Uh, yeah. To essentially uh, go on a road cruise, go on a vacation, take a break from their worries, you know, and, you know, just get on out of there. 
Yeah. It should I be. do that often. Oh, that's great. You know, so do I, man. You know, <laughs> so I, I waste gas and it drives Bridget yep. nuts because I love going on mind relaxing yep. road cruises. Yep, kind of a mystery trip. Yeah. Pick um, a direction and drive. And it should be noted, uh, you know, this was, uh, well, as everyone probably knows who are listening to this podcast, anyways, Betty and Barney oh. were a biracial couple, which may come into play later on when it comes to some of the non believers in this story. Um, they were living a very you know, racially segregate, segregated uh, right. time. Um, it, it, it was, uh, Barney, it was, Barney it was, was actually black and right. Betty a, a, a white lady. Yes, yes. Not exactly a common thing in 1961. Yeah, at that time. Yeah. Now, as Mike mentioned, this took place um, in a country road in New Hampshire's White Mountains. Now, they've been driving for miles and miles and miles. Now, I believe this might have been on their last night of their trip. I think they might. They're on their way back. They were home. on their way home. Yeah, and they hadn't seen a car for miles, so it's like on this this dark road by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, probably creepy to begin with. That's always creepy. It is. Yeah. You know, and again, that a lot of skeptics will argue about that. Well, these people were obviously sleep deprived, and they are right. imagining all this stuff. But we'll dive yeah. into that. Yeah. When, when when we get there. Now they lived in Portsmouth. Right. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. How do you pronounce that, Mike? By the way, Portsmouth. Or Portsmouth. I don't know. Okay. I do. Okay. All right. If you're from Portsmouth, it might be Portsmouth. Ports. Who sure. knows what? <laughs> Portsmouth, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but you know, again, we're trying to fly through, fly through some of the details as fast as we can here uh, before we get to our our takes on it. Now, when they did finally arrive home, they started noticing a few odd things about themselves. Well, and, and even physically, they didn't feel right as far as like it's, it, they they said they felt dirty. Yeah. You know, and, and their watches stopped working and Barney's shoes were strangely scuffed. Betty's dress was torn. Uh, and there was two hours of missing time. Missing time. Two hours. Exactly. That they couldn't, uh, they could not figure out. Now that, again, Mike, that's another thing that's terrifying to me. Right. I have never experienced anything remotely like that. The only thing I can is vaguely similar, but not really is, and we've all experienced this. Perhaps we've all, excuse me, perhaps we've all experienced this. Like when you're going on a long road cruise and you're going on a stretch of road that, you know, for safety reasons, hopefully it's a long straight stretch of road. Yeah. I've personally had the experience where all of a sudden I like feel like I'm snapping out of it. And I'm like, holy crap, I have not been paying attention to what I've been doing on the road. I've just been, and by no fault of my own, but it's just. You, I don't know. Do you just start daydreaming or whatever? But it's yeah. it's literally you feel like you just missed the last ten miles of the road. Exactly, I, that's happened to me too. Um, I think with that part of what that might be is uh, you're on that straight stretch of road, especially in North Dakota. I mean, you can drive on a straight road for many, many, many miles, and uh, which I do travel for work, and that does happen. And uh, you know, you're you're looking straight ahead. And you're also seeing the side of the road passing by. Sure, sure. You see that you you see that movement, and if you're daydreaming or or thinking whatever or not thinking, I, I think you can actually get a little bit uh, hypnotized. I by was that. just gonna. Say, I was hoping you were gonna say that. Yeah, because I was right. It's like hypnotic. Just the concept. It's, it's very hypnotic. It's like in a snowstorm, and you've seen this. Oh gosh, I'm sure. Yes, yes. You know when you're driving and those big flakes of snow are hitting the windshield, coming right at your face. Yep. That is a tough one to 
it looks not like you're be hypnotized by. It looks like you're going into light speed in the Star Wars yeah, movies. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's an amazing thing. That's yeah. pretty tough sometimes. I mean, I have done that at nighttime with uh, with the headlights shining on that snow that's just coming right at your windshield, mm-hmm. big flakes of snow, and uh, you definitely feel it. You you lose time. Now let's let's you know again when we get into our opinions on this after we run through the facts here, keep that in mind. About you know right. they've been driving for a while. They are they're tired. I believe they had stopped at like a diner to you know to down some coffee to try and wake up for the last few hours of the road trip home. Right. You know this was after they had you know you know drank their coffee and they're you know they're heading back and it's something to keep in mind. It just I'm not saying that I believe in some of these skeptics' arguments. It's something to keep mm-hmm. in mind, and we'll talk about that when we get there. Now, uh, Betty and Barney were significantly uh, bothered by this incident in more ways than more ways right. than one, both mentally and physically. I think Barney got like sick. He like developed an ulcer. Right. Well, uh, and he passed away, and you know, not that long after this, a few years. Yeah. 68 or 69, I believe. Um, fairly young man. But they were both mentally drained and stressed out yes. by this. Because they, it, I mean, who wouldn't be? I right. mean, this is, it's terrifying, it's creepy. If it's legit and you're missing two hours of your life, um, mm-hmm. I don't really want to imagine what that felt like. <laughs> right. Well, two hours of, you know, not knowing what could have happened, what you went through, what, what was there, what, yeah. What did you experience that you don't know? Mm-hmm. And then especially when they did get home, you know, and there was there was, there were those physical things that were there, the ripped dress and the the shoes that were so stuffed because of whatever. And um and like you said, again, let's emphasize that they said they just felt dirty. Dirty, yes. Um and, you know, and this is another thing that I remember when I was researching this. Um Somewhere along the line over the years, I think I had even read where, was it Betty or Barney? I'm not sure. Now, this is strange, but even their underwear was put on backwards on one of them. Wow. Now, that's so, that's intriguing. You know, very intriguing. Yeah. You know, and this is these are details, you know, if legit, that you can't ignore, obviously. I mean, right. that's... And, <laughs> that's and the, their watch is stopping. I mean... The watch is stopping. Both of them. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, very intriguing. But you know, eventually they decided that they needed so they they uh, basically sought help. They wanted to psychiatrists. Some, yes, they, yeah. They sought out. Um, basically, long story short, they ended up going under hypnotherapy sessions. To, you know, I guess as best as they could, clear their minds, figure out what had happened to them, just to give them some sense of peace. Mm-hmm. That that that's my opinion. I'm assuming right. that's exactly what they were doing. Right, trying yeah, some closure to to something. That's a good get way to on with it. their lives. Now this is where it starts getting crazy, and this is where the story essentially begins. Because under hypnotherapy, the couple both revealed that they had been abducted. Right through hypnosis, yeah. By what they described. As gray beings with mm-hmm. large eyes. Now, where have we heard that before? Mike, yeah. uh, everywhere. <laughs> over and over and over again and still, yes. And they said that they had been led by these gray beings 
into a metallic disc that Betty described as mm-hmm. wider than their house was long. Now that's a pretty massive, it's right? Quite a large yeah. metallic disc. Yeah, and and you know before they they came to this, they when they were you know on this drive, I believe they um, there was a, a, a well maybe it came out in the uh, hypnosis, but there was a white light that was behind them that was right. following them. Yes, it was kind of and, going in. They they were they they could see it dashing right above and below the trees behind mountain skylines. Right. And they had So they knew something was there. They knew it was, was there. Betty actually them. Betty actually exclaimed, you know, what is that? What is, you know, and Barney was trying his best, I guess, to as far as I know from what I've learned to remain calm until it was basically impossible to do so because it ga- right. came to the point where they felt like this whatever it was, this disc, this rotating, shiny, metallic-looking disc was like less than 100 feet above them in -hmm. the sky. Barney decided to pull over and check it out. I mean, (laughs) would you have done that, Mike? Would you have got out? Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Sincerely, you would have? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Me? (laughs) Well, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, with my phone with with the camera on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. And, you know, the way that... I know that Barney had a gun in his car mm-hmm. that he a handgun that he right that he decided to put in his pocket before he got out of the car to go i think with, that's uh shown in the movie as well yeah oh okay okay now <clears throat> i'm just thinking of how we should do this should we just run down the exact incident as they recorded it or as they reported it i should say mm. yeah let's do that let's do that but okay. also but first off um it should be noted that this Incident after they reported it did actually spark an investigation an inquiry from the Air Force. Right. As part, you know, Project Blue Book. There you go, Mike. The FBI was involved as well. And of course, after a while, the FBI says it's they debunked it. I'm doing air quotes with debunking it, and we'll say why they did. Yeah. Sure. Project Blue Book just kind of poo pooed it away. So, uh, as described in um, author. Uh, John Fuller's book, 1966 book, The Interrupted Journey. Uh, as I mentioned, I gotta write earlier, that down and see if I can find that. Yeah, The Interrupted Journey. Um, as I described earlier, the hill, their road trip was totally spontaneous and a break from their from their jobs. Um, Barney uh, worked in the post office, driving over 60 miles a day, and Betty worked in a state child welfare, uh, handling state child welfare cases. Uh, the little time free time that they did have for the biracial couple, I am reading this now, mm-hmm. was devoted to their church and activities related to the civil rights movement. After 16 months of marriage, Betty and Barney saw this trip through Montreal and Niagara Falls as their delayed honeymoon. Again, the last night of their trip on the way home, they noticed this light following them, Mike. Light in the sky. Barney, now, he wasn't actually, he wasn't a... Uh, uh, what described as an avid plane watcher, and he was a former World War II vet. Right, correct. Uh, he was, you know, when they first noticed this sky, he wasn't any, or this light in the sky, he wasn't in any uh, hurry. What he didn't have any reason to worry, and he was trying to calm down Betty, who was a little more uh, hesitant about it. And he tried to reassure her that it was just a satellite. Kind of freaked out a bit. Yeah, and he tried to reassure her that it was just a satellite. It's like, ooh. Okay. Bonnie, Bonnie, what's that in the sky? <laughs> I, I don't think it's a satellite. Um, 
now the car, uh, the light followed the car and it seemed to steer back, uh, steer down the road, curving down the road. Didn't matter. The light would still follow them and zigged and zagged back and forth behind the moon, behind trees and mountain ridges, only to continuously reappear. And it seemed to sometimes move toward them in a game of cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. They both came to the conclusion that it had to be an illusion of some sort. So they kept on going. But it's eventually, a, it's a temperature inversion. As I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, eventually um, the curiosity just overcame them, and Barney uh, pulled over and decided to take a look for himself. After Betty had saw the white light spinning directly above them in the air, and she tells Barney, "This is a quote, Barney." If you think that's a satellite or a star, you're being completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And Barney knew that she was right uh, when getting out to check the... Ooh, was that your throat or a dog? Yeah, or? I haven't had that happen for a while. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to, to point that out, most, but that was yeah, funny. Before most episodes would start, oh, there's Mike's throat. There's his throat gurgling. Yeah, it's there. gurgling beer going down my throat. Now, it couldn't, they immediately threw out the idea of it being a helicopter because the night was too quiet or even a commercial plane or any sort of jet of what, of any sort, because it was just too quiet that night. And they didn't really hear anything emitting from this saucer. I, there I said it. Mm-hmm. Saucer. Um, at one point, they had finally, when they decided to stop, Adam, as I mentioned earlier, again, they decided to stop at a diner. Try and energy energize themselves with some coffee for their last couple hours drive. This saucer appeared about a hundred feet above them. Barney pulled over, pulled the picked hand, out his gun, picked out his gun, <laughs> rushed to the field where uh, the object was hovering about a hundred feet above. Betty stayed in the car. What he saw was as big, he says, as big as a jet but round and flat, as you will hear later when we share some of their hypnotherapy sessions. He described it as a pancake. Mm-hmm. My God, what is this thing? He recalled thinking this cannot be real. Now, this is interesting. He also claims to have seen, while in the air, the saucer in the air, behind windows, rows of windows, gray, uniformed beings that appeared to look directly at him. He then tried to lift his hand to his pistol, but somehow could not. A voice told him to put down him told him to not put down his binoculars. Barney had a thought. He said, Oh my god, we're about to be captured. Yelling hysterically, he ran back to the car and barreled down the road as Betty tracked the craft, craning her head outside the car window without explanation. Loud rhythmic beeps sounded from the tr- car's trunk, and the couple instantly felt drowsy and lost consciousness. I had never heard, or is this the only tale, or at least the only well-known tale, because I'm not familiar with any other one, Mike, where an alleged abductee claims to have seen the beings peering out from the saucer through windows at them before they were picked up? Um, I don't know about uh, abductions, but I have read of uh, um, ships that have been close, and, and it could have been abduction as well with it, but... Yes, there have been reports of saucers being seen with little, little tiny men <laughs> peering out. <laughs> now, Mike, you said earlier, he goes, I, when I asked you, would you run out and look at this? And you say, hell yeah, me. Now, I'll ask you the same thing. How would you react if you saw little green men staring oh, at man. you? I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> okay, are you, I, I, you're being serious too. I, 
I know, Mike, um, I think some listeners are prob- probably wondering if he's joking right now. I oh, think no. you're being serious. I'm being serious. I'd probably be scared shitless. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for at least admitting that. Um, I would. I mean, there, there'd be a lot going through my mind. Um, but I mean, this has been my entire life mm-hmm. of, 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 uh, uh, you know, reading about these things and knowing about these things. And, um, like when I, when I saw that, uh, triangle of orange glowing lights whipping through the sky, you should have seen how excited I got then. I know I've heard this. I almost peed myself and I was happy and smiling, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And, uh, I mean, it peed himself in a good way. Oh yeah. But it was, it was amazing. But anyway, how can you not with you've had your whole life of 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 this being uh, such a big part of your life and, and interest and, um, you know, reading everything that you can and researching everything that you can. And um, and then when you have the chance to actually experience this and see this, these things um, in my mind right now and in my heart and what I feel, I would be I'd be right there. Mm-hmm. I would have to go check it out. Um, and I but, believe you. But, you know, when it actually would, if it actually came to that, how would I react? Hopefully the way I feel I would, you know, and then all of a sudden Travis Walton might come into my mind and I might uh, get <laughs> shot by something coming out of there into my chest, <laughs> you know, and if I started thinking about that, then I'd probably react a little different, but you might have a few second thoughts. Yeah. But yeah, but oh, how can you not? How could I not? Now, what if uh, what happened to the hills happened to you, whereas two hours later they wake up essentially 35 miles down the road from where this had occurred with no recollection of how the hell they got there? Yeah. Uh, would you still be happy <laughs> and excited at that well, point? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I would be, um, it would push me into a different way of feeling it or thinking about it, but you know, if it was at a point where in my life where, uh, you know, I had already been researching this for so many years and believing in all this stuff, a lot of things would have went through my mind of what did happen. I would have an idea of what happened because of research I've done and what I've heard and, um, and learned, um, which might freak me out a little bit. I would, uh, I would kind of, you know, kind of wiggle in my seat a little bit and see if my butt hurt, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I would, I would look for, uh, uh, different markings on my body. Like the, well, what they did, things like that. Barney and Betty Hill both did that when they, when they, you know, when things started to settle down and they were trying to make sense of what happened to them that night, they started noticing odd things. Right. You know, and they felt odd, an odd presence for, you know, in their body almost. You know, they just, something felt off. Um, this went on for weeks and months. Uh, Betty actually became an, uh, a, um, she became an avid reader of all things UFO, essentially. Right. And well, she, she needed to know. She needed, she needed to, to learn. Know. And I am going to read this because I don't remember the exact title of it. You know, and at this time, you know, this is before uh, the knowledge of these things came out, but they could have had an implant. 
that uh, yeah, right. that nobody would have known about. There was no no uh, previous knowledge of these things happening, you know, uh, and that could explain something about what they felt. And you know, like sure, of course, something there, um, something's something's monitoring him. Something's keeping track of him. Um, Betty started to check out books from her uh, library, discovery, and discovered the civilian UFO group. Uh, NICAP, National Investigations right. Committee on Aerial Phenomena, and she reported the sighting to the Air Force because she, she, she was simply worried about radiation, right? which is interesting. Uh, in coming years, Betty... Interesting that she would come to that thought. Yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, they both started suffering you know, some mental and physical ailments. Betty started suffering from nightmares, disturbing dreams, and Barney developed an ulcer and severe anxiety. Mm-hmm. So they, um, well, it got to the point that we mentioned earlier where they went met up with Benjamin Simon, a psychiatrist and neurologist who specialized in hypnosis, which was just becoming a mainstream technique at the time. Now, over a course of months of weekly sessions, Simon helped the couple piece together what they think had happened. Mm -hmm. Quickly stated, a vessel of some sort had landed on the Hill's car, putting them to sleep. And that's explaining the loud rhythmic beeping that they thought they had heard coming from the trunk of their car. Right. After this vessel landed on the cars, after they fell asleep, gray beans walked them up a long ramp and into the spacecraft. Once inside, the couple was separated and they both were taken into an examination room that curved walls and a large light hanging from the ceiling. Each was asked to climb up on a metal table. I am reading this verbatim now from this one article. I want to get this right. The table was actually so short that Barney's legs hung over to the hung over the side. Now, during the examinations, the beans removed Betty and Barney's clothes, plucked strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, and scraped their skin. Each sample was placed on a clear material, not unlike a glass slide. This is where it gets a little creepy and eerie. Needles connected to long wires probed their arms, heads, legs, and spines. One large needle around four to six inches long was inserted into Betty's belly. This pregnancy test left her twisting in pain. Throughout the examination, a being Barney and Betty both referred to as the leader simply watched from the side. Again, eerie. Creepy. She was making sure everything was done right. They were see they were they were student aliens. Oh my, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! procedures, and he was grading them. They were on a student <laughs> class trip. Yeah, that's right. That was and happening. then, and then, you know what pisses me off is that the the head alien didn't come to Betty and Barney Hill and ask them, "Is it okay if yeah. these are student <laughs> alien uh, abductee abductors, yep. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, they would like to um, this is a- uh, do uh, uh, things with you as I." Uh, observe them and grade them. I overlook and observe them, yes. Uh, They both need practice. They're both C-minus students, and they need help, so thank you for being our guinea They're in uh, remedial class, and I hope you don't mind that, but, (laughs) you know, they might leave some scars, and there might be a little pain. Might be a little pain, yes. (laughs) Um, It might be inserted with something incorrect. That's not what we meant. It's just simply a tracking device. Uh, We didn't mean to put in that mind-altering device. Uh, Sorry about that. Now, after yeah, I'm sorry if they use a speculum on your anus, but that's just the way it works. Yeah, that's that's simply anyway, by, that's simply by choice. It's yes, up to them. I went too far and carry on, okay. Patrick. Carry on. 
Now, after Betty's examination ended, the beans rushed her back into the room, and they seemed excited now, according to Betty. They discovered, and the reason they, they were excited, according to Betty, this is kind of humorous, is because they discovered that Barney's teeth could be removed. <laughs> yes, I remember reading about that. <laughs> now, uh, Betty laughed, explaining that Barney, Barney had dentures, a fact of human aging that beings such as these had struggled to understand. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we all can envision the grays in our minds, they probably don't have any damn teeth. Uh, right. They've evolved past that point, right? There are a lot of theories about how they yeah. take in intake of food and things. Now it says nourishment. Uh, Betty later said that alone with the leader, uh, actually, I'm going to re- rephrase that. Later, alone with the leader, Betty asked where the craft had flown, admitting that she knew little of the universe. The being joked with her, according to Betty. Saying, "quote unquote," if you don't know where you are, then wouldn't there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am? So apparently, they're speaking not ne- well, not necessarily speaking English, but she understood them as English, right? English, most speaking. likely so, telepathic. Uh, there you go. There you go. Exactly. Exchange. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. And again, under hyp- hypnosis, Betty actually drew a star map that she says right. she saw on the ship, which was accurate. Now which was proven to be accurate. That's really interesting. That's very, very interesting because she, if, if this was faked, she's a very well-learned student exactly. of the sky. <laughs> I mean, of all constellations and everything and just right. being able to identify essentially a map of the universe. That was, that was basically the gist, the rundown, Mike. Now, let's, we're about 40 minutes in. Let's take a brief time-traveling excursion. Right. Let's come back. Let's dive into our thoughts about this this i'm going to say it infamous story and uh we'll go from there does that sound like a plan that sounds perfect all right well uh plug your ears mike we're gonna go on a time traveling excursion hold on boys and girls we shall be all right back okay we have returned after yet another successful time traveling excursion okay mike it's time for us to dive into our takes our opinions on yeah, the Betty and Barney Hill alien abduction story. Now we're going to do that quickly, but I did want to share a couple of tweets that were sent to us by listeners when I sent out the uh, sent out the notification that we're settling into. Uh, re- oh, sure. To record, and I said, "Do you guys have anything you want to share? Anything you want to say?" We did get a couple. I mean, it was last second, so we're going to get a few more as we're recording. But I want to give a shout-out to uh, Patrick Lee mm-hmm. Marshall. That's right. Uh, he simply wanted to state that this is Patrick's tweet. The world isn't just black and white. It would be boring if it was. There has to be something else out there. Too many things that cannot be explained. Amen. I agree. It cannot be just simply black and white. Simply, you know, everything is either this or either that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there's too much to that. Uh, from Pandora, giving another shout out to our Patreon page. Thank you very much, Pandora. She said she finally listened to the latest Patreon. And without getting giving away what the latest Patreon was about, it's a pretty cool paranormal experience that Mike had. And I love that. And we're going to have what she said. We're going to have a follow up on our next Patreon because Mike had another experience just yesterday. Related to the one that we talked about. Uh, Pandora writes, just listen to the latest Patreon episode. I'm wondering if if she, referring to someone Mike's talking about in a story, saw Odin. 
This blows me away. Mike. She says, what a great experience. Get on this Patreon people. Get on this Patreon people. Okay. Hashtag paranormal hashtag psychic hash plague. Unex- hash plague. <laughs> hashtag yeah. unexplained. Thank you so much. Oh, Pandora. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to address this a little bit. Um, yeah. The thought of without, Odin, give, without giving it away. Right. No, I'm just talking about the thought of Odin behind me. See, I have very Norwegian Scandinavian heritage background. I am extremely, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm very proud of that, and and I am a, a great believer. Uh, well, I, I'm a great researcher, I should say, in in the the Norse gods, and Odin is like, I mean, he is he is the uh, all knowing god of Norse mythology, you know, father of Thor, you know, and and Loki, you know, and uh, the thought of Odin being behind me, that is something I'm going to think about because that would be like, that's pretty cool. A huge thing for me. And I, and I appreciate you, you saying that Pandora. And I would like to know uh, if there is something that made you feel that or think that, or, um, or if it was, uh, um, you know, maybe I'd mentioned my, you know, Norse North or Norwegian heritage, um, but yeah, give give me a thought of or a little bit of why you came to that conclusion, and I can use that to, uh, you know, kind of meditate on, and um, that that definitely means a lot to me. That's very cool. So nope. that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank hmm. you, thank you, thank you very much. And we encourage everyone who's listening right now seek us out on on the Twitter, on Facebook, all social media, and interact. Send us your thoughts. We love hearing from you. Uh, we will give you shout outs on the show. We're just warning you right now. We love hearing from you. Can't, uh, can't emphasize that enough. We want to hear your feedback, good oh, and bad. Everything. And we love to hear your thoughts on all of our topics. So that's just a little, little tidbit right there. A little, a little taste of what right. we're all about there with our listener interaction. So Mike, well, without any further ado, it's safe for me to say that you believe 100 percent barney and betty hill and what they claim happened to them am i safe in assuming that um ever since i heard about it and i uh um you know seen the movie and started researching into it as even a young kid um i uh I have believed it. I I do believe in the sincerity of it and uh, you know, the ongoing uh, story and controversy over it still to this day. Um, it, it's uh, I, I just, I just find it, you know, very believable. I mean, especially when you think of, okay, this is the first real reported incident of this. Um, how is there something that they could have, read about or seen beforehand that made them think, okay, we're let's make up this story about these gray aliens that have these big eyes. You know, people didn't know about that, that thing back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, where would know, they come up with this? Skeptics will say that, you know, skeptics who don't believe Betty and Barney in the first place, but they will use their story in the same way to strengthen their skepticism by saying that, well, all of all of the following UFO accounts are so 
eerily similar to what Barney and Betty described because they're all in on the same hoax, essentially. I mean, they're not mm-hmm. all in on it, but they're following the same idea, the same right. pattern, the same descriptions, because it's it's they're just following the first faked story, you know. Whereas pro- proponents will say, well, you're going to dis- be describing the same beings because they're all experiencing the same phenomena from the same beings. Right. You know, so how else would they describe that? But again, hmm. that, that's the skeptical point of view. More, I mean, okay. People are either going to call Betty and Barney liars. They're going to call them, uh, well, they're going to describe them as simply having a, uh, a, a very, very detailed and imaginative mind. They have great imaginations. Uh, fan, they're fantasists. That's a word I read earlier. They're fantasists. They live in a world of fantasy, essentially. But something they're, like that would have came out during all of this. Like, you know, their personalities would have been learned mm-hmm. during all of this investigation and and uh, 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 psychiatric uh, uh, hypnosis and everything that that they went through. And that, that never came out as a possibility. You know, the doctor never said that these people are subject to fantasy or, or um, making things up. You know, well, you know, they all, that, that they, would have came out. Even people who, let's make this very clear. Even those who don't believe they were abducted by aliens, they believe what Barney and Betty say in the sense that, Betty and Barney believe what they are telling people. Right. You know what I mean by that, right. Mike? They're saying these are honest people. They are not lying, but what they are telling did not happen. What right. they are telling is something. I mean, it could be what false memories. Sure. Right? It could be sleep deprivation. And, and it could all be of that does happen. Hallucinations. It could be sleep paralysis and a, any you know a form of any number of sleep paralysis. Yeah. Uh, but how does that explain the physical? things that happened they would have had it done that to themselves they would have i mean and who's to, to say uh, that to, they to prove their story well who's to say that and mike i'm just playing devil's advocate i am absolutely not, we have to we I'm have to not saying i be, i i'm siding with this i'm not siding with this uh version right. of the story exactly but who's to say that they were sleep de- uh deprived they for whatever reason they pulled over they were in a state of half awake, half sleep, sleepwalking, maybe. Right. In a very creepy place to begin very with that creepy could put place. things into their head. And, you know, you can get very disoriented. You could, uh, they could lose their way. They're out in wooded areas in the dark. Sleep deprivation can cause everything from hallucinations to death for crying out loud. A- absolutely. You know, so anything can happen. And they could have struggled finding their way back to their car finding their way back to each other. They could have fallen. They could have scraped up their shoes. She could have, exactly. tor- she could have exactly. torn her dress. They mm-hmm. could have been wandering through swampy, you know, mud holes for all we know. <laughs> um, right. Right. Any number of Attacked things. Attacked by beavers and raccoons. Right. I mean, who knows? Alien beavers and tattoons. <laughs> a tat- I just said tattoons. What the hell's a tattoon? <laughs> Tatooine. That's where they what? They were on Tatooine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I think I'm suffering from sleep yes. deprivation right now. Hoofda. There was there was a tauntaun attack. There you, I think I was thinking of, yeah, I was thinking of tauntauns and tattooine. So ta- tauntoons. There you go. Yeah, tauntooine. <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> so again, that that's that's you know they could absolutely have been disoriented, Mike. Like I said, sure. and done it to themselves. The thing is, is that anything is possible. It is paranormal it is. or otherwise. And you know, in any number of recollections that you hear from alleged abductees, I will have to admit that this was rare from what I have, you know, kind of searched out on my mm-hmm. own from all programs I've watched, things I've read, articles I've read, books I've read. It's not exactly a common occurrence to be joking back and forth with your alleged alien abductor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're they're usually very matter of fact and you know well, not even um, matter of fact, but very clinical and scientific exactly, and terrifying. Right. And this is the fact that they were, you know, kind of giggling back and forth, or she got a sense that they were excited because they they found yeah, humor in his false teeth, teeth and um, yeah. telepathically speaking to her, like, "Well, if you don't know where you are, then you know." Hey, ring crack! This yeah, it's guy's got teeth that come out. <laughs> what, <was his> name? <laughs> well, what was his name? Ring crack. Ring, ring crack. Oh, ring crack. Well, you got to think of some kind of a okay. alien type name. They aren't going to be called John or so. In or, your you know, or does Stephon. that in your opinion, Mike? <laughs> in your opinion, and there's no right or wrong in this. The fact does that add legitimacy to it, or does that delegitimize mm, it for you? I don't think it delegitimizes it because maybe at that time, um, you know, and there are different species of of aliens, and even different species of gray aliens. You know, some could be more uh, uh, um, sensitive to, to human emotion and uh, something to make them, uh, the humans, more comfortable. More at ease. You know, more at ease and, uh, you know, having a more of a human-like conversation. And this this abduction, from what we've learned from their examinations, it doesn't sound like what, it doesn't sound like the uh, very obtrusive um probing went on by by any means mike you know that we we become accustomed to it didn't seem like she was and i i I don't mean to be vulgar she wasn't uh, like examined vaginally he wasn't well she was checked for pregnancy with a sharp needle but that was but that was just through her stomach right um well very invasive and very painful very invasive and very painful but you've heard any number of different descriptions of what these alleged abductees have gone through and theirs seem to be and i'm not Trust me, I'm not making light of this because I'm sure it was terrifying and horrible. But comparatively speaking to some you've heard, they got off easy. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I'm I'm not making light of it by any no, means. No, absolutely. But it um, was they did they did get off easy, but it but still a very profound effect on them because oh, right, like watching right, right. a movie, um, you know, like and I, I I it does follow along pretty well from what I remember the actual story. And they were so traumatized, and and Barney. And I want to emphasize that, Mike. I'm sorry. I don't want. I I apologize for interrupting. But you, when you do okay. when you do a podcast and you're publicly speaking, you have to really be careful of what you say. I want to to emphasize. I am not making light of what they went through because they oh, absolutely definite no. you mental, wouldn't do that. They had definite mental and physical trauma. I exactly. was just saying. I wanted to. I'm comparatively speaking. It didn't seem right. As, oh no, and and that is true. That is true. Yeah. I I have read stories, uh, you know, documentation or people's personal stories of uh, abduction where um, they find themselves in a huge ship standing in a long line of uh, abductees in a huge room that is just filled with um, like gurneys or, or tables where mm. that are filled with people being 
you know, examined uh, pieces cut from them, things inserted in them. Right. And, and in horrifying ways. And there's this long line of people waiting for their, uh, you know, to go through the same thing. And they are traumatized because they're watching it being done while they're waiting. Absolutely. Oh my you God. I gave me the chance. Yeah. You know, they're, you know, so many things like that, but so they did get off easier, but still, you know, not experiencing anything like this before or realizing what they're going through the traumatization alone. But, but yeah, I would rather have that, you know, Hey, joke with me a little bit you know, show me a map of the, the solar system or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, but still very traumatized because in the movie, James Earl Jones portrayed portraying Barney. And when he was recounting what he went through, James Earl Jones, uh, the uh, fantastic performance of just, you know, uh, extreme traumatization and crying and weeping and um, just fear that, uh, that he was portraying that Barney went through. Um, I just highly recommend that people watch the movie and the UFO incident, 1975. Um, actually, uh, yeah, is that what it was? I yes, the UFO incident, yeah, starring uh, Betty uh, as Betty. It was uh, Estelle Parsons, which right. wonderful actress, and of course the one and only James Earl Jones as as Barney. Now another, you know, another thing that another adjective, negative adjective that people that the non-believers, skeptics, the pseudo-skeptics will throw out there describing Barney and Betty Hill is that they were simply crackpots, Mike. They yeah. were simply... Um, That's always going to come up. ...attention hogs, and they want, and they were uh, out of their minds, mm -hmm. essentially. Again, Mike, we've repeated this so many times. We talk about what the Albert Ostman alleged right. Bigfoot abduction on our last episode. Yes, there was books written about this, and I think Betty and Barney Hill uh, contributed to at least one of those books. Sure. And their, their niece wrote a, another book uh, years later. Forgive me if I, I can't pull the name of that book off the top of my head. So, I mean, there might be some financial gain right there, maybe, mm -hmm. from making up something. I'm doing air quotes, making up something. Well, I'm sure they made money after the movie. or, uh, or They had to. Or uh, Betty did. Um, you know, Barney was gone by that point. But. Right. And it's, we, we, we repeat this question all the time, Mike. What did they truly, truly gain from this other than being called fantasists, liars, mm -hmm. crackpots, any yeah. number of negative descriptions? I mean, if they were truly, truly bad people, they wouldn't care what people called them as long as they got a paycheck. You know, right. Right. That that's how it is. But they would by, have to be just but money from, hungry, and no matter, no, nothing else mattered. But from all accounts and from all you know, from all reports, people who knew them, people close to them, they were straight as an arrow, uh, upstanding yep. citizens. Still loving married couple. Loving married couple, living during a time of civil unrest. I, I, again, let we have to emph emphasize that, Mike. As you know, unfortunately, we have to emphasize it because they were a biracial couple in a time right. of civil unrest. Oh, huge! Civil Why unrest. would they bring that up? Well, it, all that would do is just draw attention to them as uh, personally. Yes, and I'm sure that uh, the attention that they drew to them did have people that came out and you know 
confronted that situation, yes. which, you know, should mean nothing. Yeah, no, you know, right. Uh, but, but unfortunately, but, uh, it unfortunately but there it are did. people that that would would do that and yeah, take that into account as a, you know, making them un uncredible. Well, I guess you know, yeah, you know, we're on we're on the same page here, Mike. But they were not as a as a biracial couple in a time of civil unrest, nineteen sixties. They weren't doing themselves any favors. Right. By making up something as crazy and insane Absolutely. as this. So that's where I'm that's where I'm a little iffy about being the skeptic that I am, Mike. You know, it's right. like I all right, I sure. They're they're really putting their lives quite literally putting their lives on the line oh, like coming up with something like this. So I don't know. Mike, hmm. I'd say you're a believer. I am. I have been since I first heard about the story. Man, it's tough for me. And not because I'm trying to play the role. No, no. Of the skeptic. And I'm not playing a role. I am. I'm just, I'm an open-minded skeptic. Well, and you know, and you are, is. you are who you are about all this. And that's, mm -hmm. this is one thing that makes you and I so compatible for this, this show. I am who I am and what I believe and how I believe. And you are the balance on the other side of how you believe and what you believe. And sure. so it, it, it just has to be. So. And, and it goes the other way too, as far, you know, a couple of things when it comes to, you know, simply demons, Mike, and all that stuff, you know, okay, yeah. <laughs> long list, long time though. listeners know that <laughs> ding, 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 you know, me and my Catholic upbringing, I just, I feel like it's just etched in my, it's burned into my feeble brain. Well, and that's, maybe that's why, I, I feel the way I do about it. I mean, I I was never. Wow. I think you know, it, what happened there? <laughs> a dog I just got up. Mary tripped over something. And made, did you break anything, Mary? No. Did, it, did you? It's just the gate. I see a big gash and bleeding on your leg. Is, oh, are you no. okay? No, she's she's fine. No, no cut, no bleeding. Anyway, um, I did not grow up in a Catholic setting. I, I, I grew up in a. a as a young child grew up in a couple of different religions that, that never, uh, one of them did focus on that quite a bit because my mother, uh, when I was a young child, she actually had me exercised in one of their church, uh, meetings. Oh my. Yeah. That's, that's something we should, uh, talk on a pair, uh, a Patreon, uh, yeah, Patreon yeah. sometimes. Oh, I absolutely. I've never but, even uh, heard of that one, Mike. Um, I love yeah. how you just casually toss that out. There. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was an experience, and I would love to talk about that on the Patreon. But anyway, um, you know, maybe that has something to do with with upbringing and uh, and and me uh, moving myself out of the religion. Uh, you know, the world of religion. Period. No matter what religion it is, I have removed myself from that. Um, you know, maybe that has something to do with why I believe the way I do, you know, with demons compared to what you do, but with learning, with experiencing, with, with things that we deal with on this show, you know, I am opening up to that. I mean, there are so many things that are possible. Well, Mike, we have to do, um, again, we have to do more devil's advocate stuff here. Right. Uh, we've kind of, we br briefly touched on them, but I want to get Mike fired up here because, this usually works. We okay. Talk about skeptics' point of view here, and we are 
Uh, it's going to be a fairly long episode, but that's fine because we have a lot to get to yet when it comes to cattle mutilations and all that. But well, we have takes on sure. that, too. Yeah, we need to take a break before that starts. Absolutely, we will. Are you kidding me? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, now, we uh, really need... Yes, we really need to take a break before that <laughs> happens. I promise you. Now, according to uh, professor <laughs> of sociology at California's Chapman University, Mr. Christopher Bader, he says that before the Hill story, he was he, a master at that too. He was um, master at yeah, Bader. Very, very, very master. Good. Very good, Mike. Very Bader. Good. Sorry. <sighs> Levity. On. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Mike is laughing at his own joke. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, Mike. Stop. Uh, enough of that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, he's saying that alien encounters before the, the Hill story, alien encounters generally generally had been reported as friendly. Because, Mike, as we need to clarify that this was not the first reported alien abduction. It was the first one that gained mainstream right, publicity. Right, exactly. Right. Very true. And he says that once the Hill story became better known, abduction accounts started to share certain characteristic, characteristics. Mm-hmm such as the medical examinations, missing time, the, the, the descriptions of the aliens themselves, so on and so forth. Now a Richard McNally, a Harvard psychologist. Now he's from Harvard, so he has to be right. Okay? He has to be right. <laughs> well, there's the uh, first thing that I'm... <laughs> he, he says that the Hill story helped pave the way for a new understanding of human experience. This is a quote from... Richard McNally, Harvard psychologist. The alien abduction phenomenon, in my opinion, shows how sincere, non-psychotic individuals can develop beliefs about and false memories of incredible experiences that simply never happened. There's a key thing there that you said. What's that? In my opinion. <laughs> that's his opinion. It is his opinion. I get that's it. That's not but his my- Mike, he's a psychologist at Harvard, so therefore I we... don't care if he was uh, <laughs> the psych whatever hey, of hey, God's hey. left hand. I'm just saying, or right hand or he's whatever. He's a psychologist <laughs> from Harvard. Yeah. So yeah. who's to? I mean, we're just dipshits <laughs> doing a podcast, right? I mean, you're, you're so... true, very true. <laughs> I'd add a few more words onto that, but I don't want to get too graphic. Yeah, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and then just that uh, it says their experts of all stripes have tried to explain why intelligent, otherwise mentally stable people come forward with such experiences. And uh, they go on to, you know, what we said before, sleep paralysis, hallucinations, lot, lot, yada, yada, yada. And there's one final portion here. Well, you know, I'm just going to skip it because it's all basically saying it's all a product of the mind. And I'll okay. say uh, a view into the brain that we were not aware of at that time. So it's a very skeptical ending to that article. So for how many decades, how many decades has hundreds, hundreds of people a year going just from, you know, this whatever glitch in their mind. It's, it's impossible. I mean, these things have happened you know, for how many, de- like I said, how many decades? Centuries, they, probably. They, well, cent- absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, before recorded history that we know of. Yep. You know, not everybody is going to be like, a, you know, this is just a figment of your imagination, which, you know, a lot of them probably are. But oh, not of course, of every course. one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. consistent for how many 
years, how many people, how many, you know, people have gone through this and experienced the same thing because it is going on. Yep. You know, the same thing with ghost sightings, Mike. Absolutely. Ghost sightings go back to the begin, you know, to the big, very beginnings of recorded yes. history, as you said, you know, and it's, it's something that is regardless of the cause. It's something that is very real. People have experienced something that mm-hmm. they cannot explain. And we are yep. sitting there retroactively trying to explain away something that someone vividly experienced a thousand years ago. Well, that person right. obviously was suffering from yada 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 flippy flappy flubity flu. And therefore they did not see a they did not see a ghost. They were not abducted by aliens. It is simply a medical cause. It was an undigested piece of beef. (laughs) I always like to refer to that. Back to that. (sighs) It it is maddening. I mean, because again, I am an open minded skeptic. I I don't automatically dismiss stuff. I just don't because that's asinine to me. You can't. You have to Uh, look into it. You have to take into every aspect of the story. You have to listen to every portion that you can. Think about it. Digest it yourself, whether or not it's beef or not. Um, You're right. And and be logical about it. Don't. I think it was that habanero pepper I ate the other day. Coming out. You know what? Coming out. Don't jump to conclusions from either side. Right. Exactly. You know, sometimes I'm kind of jealous of 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 your analytical mind and your in your skeptical side. You know, I. I don't know. Is it because I've experienced enough things to where I believe more easily or what, but there are some things that I I do need to look at more analytically and more skeptical, um, which I do. I have, I I have on plenty of our episodes, um, Mm -hmm. but not everything is, is, is going to be come out to be what somebody's experienced, you know, you know, like uh, even with UFO sightings um, there's, there's so many that are explained. And even if it's just 10% or 5% that cannot be explained, that's still a large number of report reported incidents or abductions, the same thing that you cannot explain, you know, what happened, you know, it did it happen even more if, likely than, than not. Even if it was 1%, Mike. Absolutely. There's that 1% that puts that, that that thought into there that yes this does happen yep yep yes this is real what if betty and barney hill are that one percent who's to say they aren't that that's that's reported mm-hmm. and how how many how many hundreds or thousands of betty and barney hills are out there that we don't know of because they're, even if it's at that that one betty and barney hill are that one percent because they do not come forth with their story absolutely out of, out of fear of ridicule yeah yeah. Or they live out in the out in the bayou and they don't have a car to get anywhere or a phone. It's, and I'm not making fun of anybody. No. <laughs> because if there's anybody listening to this show from the bayou, we yeah. love you. Yeah, more more <laughs> hey, more power to you. But yeah. you know what I mean. You know what I mean. No, I do. I do. And it's it's a, this is a whole nother topic for another episode. Absolutely. Stuff. But it's it's stuff that drives Mike and us up the wall. Yeah. You know, the pseudo skepticism is there's no place for it in my in yeah. my humble opinion. You can be a skeptic, but you can't be a pseudo skeptic. I mean, you right. can physically. You can physically. You can. Well, 
you know, and that's and that's their right to be that. Absolutely I mean, I is. have total respect for absolutely skepticism is not for my life because it's total crap to me. Sure. But if you want to be a pseudo skeptic, that is your right. And I will respect that. Mm-hmm. And we can have a fantastic conversation which we have deep absolutely have it and i would love to have him on again we talk yeah on the ultra podcast we talked with the awesome mr z he's a movie absolutely movie critic fantastic movie critic but he is uh you know he's super well educated yeah you know he knows what he's talking about and he's you know and 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 he's he's very positive and, and he doesn't he didn't put you or I down, nope. Mike. And didn't his... make us feel like we were idiots for nope. what we believe. Nope. And uh, and that's what I respect. Absolutely. And but he, you know, he's on that side. I would. Right. I would say he was a pseudo skeptic. I think you know, that and he... maybe that maybe we need them. You know, and let's clarify what maybe su- we, maybe we what let's clarify what pseudo skeptics are quickly. Right. Pseudo skeptics are just those who basically essentially automatically dismiss everything yeah. without even looking bothering to look into right. it anything at all and it has anything to do with paranormal even spirituality or god or and, and they're atheists right. and they don't necessarily you know believe in what have you any number of things right. it doesn't fit their mold of belief slash non-belief they automatically dismiss it and they and they don't want to hear anything else because no matter what you say you're wrong and they're right well and you know and maybe pseudo-skepticism is part of the balance that we have you know maybe it fits in there somewhere um mm-hmm. You know, in the middle between, you know, skepticism and 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 belief, uh, you know, maybe there's a, a space in there for pseudo skepticism. I don't know, but um, but we just, you know, we just have the respect for people's beliefs or we do or non non beliefs exactly. And you know, and we get fired up and we're passionate. So again, let's we want to clarify that we're not putting down anyone's point of view by any means. Everyone's point oh, of view, absolutely. everyone's belief slash non-belief is welcome. Absolutely welcome here. But we're just going to fire back with our disagreement because we have a right to do that. Just like you yeah. have a right to share and your, have a healthy discussion about it if we can. Absolutely. Now we're getting a little yeah. bit off track here, Mike. Yeah, um, we are. <laughs> let's uh, wrap up the uh, Barney and Betty Hill. Yeah, fascinating, <laughs> fascinating account, you know, Mike. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say I know that you one hundred percent believe. Well, one hundred percent. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with 100. I I do believe. Okay. Uh, from what I have researched, from what I've read, from what I, you know, just my gut feeling, um, I, I believe this is an actual occurrence. And you know, uh, Mike's gut feeling goes a long way, and that's the truth. I'm saying that in all sincerity, Mike. Uh-huh. You're very empathetic. Um, uh-huh. you and you, you, I, I, I feel like you can read. You can decipher between truth and non-truth. Pretty, I do the best I can. Pretty easily. <laughs> uh, I would like to think that I'm fairly adept at that as well. Absolutely, you are more than what you realize, and, and that's why I've told you you need to con- concentrate, meditate, think about this, yes. and put yourself where you really are. You know, with who you are, what you are, and in your mind, connect it all together, and you're gonna realize. A lot of things. I would say, um, uh, to to wrap this up, um, my take on this, if I had to put it in a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it a 7 out of 10, which is pretty high. That's, that's good. That's very good. Simply because, from what I've read, they were upstanding 
couple, respected couple. Nothing was, uh, they weren't known to be, again, mm-hmm. air quotes, crackpots, liars, right. attention hogs, seekers, anything, like any number of things. But most importantly, I hate to emphasize this, but it is important considering the time. They were a biracial couple, exactly. and they were putting their feet in the fire, risking their li- their yeah. lives, essentially. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with by that. By coming out with such an outlandish lie, air quotes, lie, I just don't buy that. That was that took some major crazy yeah. balls to do that if it was indeed fake. That's so, putting too much attention on a biracial couple in a very, very drastic time of... Uh, yes, yes. A very know, divided time very divided yeah so um well seven out of ten for me i say that we're both believers mike yeah absolutely well we have a lot to dive into save save (laughs) stick around boys and girls we have one last hot take and that's a hot one man the grotesque phenomenon of cattle mutilations are sticking on the ufo alien phenomenon because as giorgio sucralos would say i'm not saying saying it's aliens but it's aliens. It was aliens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, let's take another brief time-traveling excursion, and we'll dive right into it when we get back. Hold on, boys and girls. All right, we have returned from yet another successful time-traveling excursion. Mike, I almost forgot, but I yes. thankfully remembered. Uh, we're going to share that clip of the uh, hypnotherapy sessions from... Of Betty and Barney Hill, I should say. So without any further ado, let's play them, Mike. Ready to take a listen? I'm ready. Now, and the only thing that I found, I couldn't find their their sessions isolated. So unfortunately, there's background noise from the program mm-hmm. that this was shared on. So you'll hear like the dramatic music playing and all that. Right. So, and I am not, Mike, let's, let's just listen without commenting. Right. Oh, sure. Because the last time we shared audio, I unfortunately made the mistake of adjusting the audio on my computer so our listeners could hear that better. But then that adversely affected both my audio and your audio. And it really made my ears bleed how loud we came across because of uh, I, I didn't turn it down when we were talking. So <laughs> Okay. So this time no touchy. No touchy. No touchy no, nothing. No nothing, Mike. Okay. So let's let's uh I'm gonna find the clip. I should have it lined up here. And it's under a clip called Hypnotherapy Used to Uncover Hidden Memories of Alien Abduction, and this will be the uh, Betty and Barney session. Whoops, sorry, and then of course it has to pop up with a damn freaking commercial. Well, yeah. So I'm well. gonna mute it. I'm gonna mute it. And uh, it's playing right now. Three, two, one. And it should be coming up about right now. So I have to find it again now. Damn it, I went back to the beginning. See, we're we're professionals here. So it's at 2.13. And there it be. Okay, Mike. Uh, I'm going to play it. Ready? Okay, I think he's I am ready. Okay, here we go. He and Barney are taken. And then I pulled over the side of the road and I look toward the sky looks like a big pancake I drive and Betty is still looking and she says Barney they're still following us what do they wear 
Okay, that was just a short clip. That's fairly terrifying because uh, that was Barney, and he was saying how he sees the ship and it's tilted towards him. What is that? And he's speaking to Betty, and then he it's basically a not inaudible after that because he's terrified and he's screaming right. and he's going, "Oh no, no, please, no, please stop, please, no." He's obviously terrified yep, beyond right. belief, which and, was portrayed perfectly. In the movie by James Earl Jones, I cannot uh, stress that. I need enough. to watch that. I need to watch it. And the doctor was saying, "Okay, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. You know, we need you know to move on, essentially." And Barney was absolutely sounded absolutely terrified. So it makes me worse for even saying that they got up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fairly well. well, it wasn't but, uh, easy for them. That's for sure. No, but I uh, I encourage you to go. I'm just going to play that little tidbit. I encourage you to go listen to that whole clip. I would share more of it, but the background noise is bothering me. So, yeah. Um, go check it out. It's terrifying. I don't like it. I like it. I, I cannot reiterate enough to watch the movie. Okay, Mike, let's, it's time for one last take. Okay. Damn it. You know what? I'm going to do the same one last take music I did last time. I forgot to find music for this segment, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's not like I don't do anything for the podcast ever. Right. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's see here. I think I I think I played the Did You Know intro, and it's going to blast yeah. your ears out, boys and girls. So uh, plug them if you don't like it. Here we go. It's time for one last take. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Perfect. And then followed up a little bit by... Uh, Two or five for the money. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Well, Mike, cattle mutilations, talk about a phenomenon that could be explained in any number of ways or it could not be explained in any number of ways (sighs) the fun part for me about one last take is that we quite literally do this off the cuff we mentioned this earlier in the show we just we kind of we just wing it we fire away it's something we we try to choose a topic that we're, we're we're passionate about and we're fascinated by hopefully it's uh entertaining to listen to Talk about something that's happened for centuries, centuries. Mike. Yes. And 1700s was the first time it was actually talked about, reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's just start. Okay. <laughs> I thought we started already. Oh, we did? Damn it. Okay. <laughs> now we're talking. Okay. Let, let, let's, uh, let's, let's lay the table here. Let's set the table. Okay. We're talking about, ca- well, obviously it's cattle mutilations. We're talking about cattle, but it's not. It hasn't just happened to cattle. It's happened to sheep. It's happened to any number of horses. Uh, you know, horses, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in, in mass amounts. I mean, th- these aren't just isolated. The cows. These aren't just whoa. These aren't just you know, one cow found this way, one horse found this way, one sheep found this way. I mean, we're talking about a mass amount of of bodies that are discovered. And I think I might've even heard that. Oh God, I can't even, I, I shouldn't even say this cause I don't know for sure, but have there been humans found this way? 
at one time or another. That's something I need to check into. Wow. I am, I, I'm going to say no comment because I have no idea. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, I don't either. It's just a thought that came into my head. I but hope not. Anyway, I, I hope not. I hope not. I, and you're talking about in regards to like unsolved, possibly alien related possibly. incidents? Mm, I hope not. I hope right. I'm just you know, okay. pulling crap out of my butt. I hope so too. Well, that's gross, <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> But these animals are mutilated, Mike. These cows, these these sheep, you know, these horses, these any number of animals. They're 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 mutilated. But the thing is, the precision right. of their mutilation is something that's that's the part that is the hardest to toss aside. Mm-hmm. It is. is. I mean, their their body parts are being removed. Their 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 uh, their eyes are being removed. Their tongues are being removed. Their <laughs> Their sexual organs are being removed. Right. It's, I mean, um, any number, their bodies are being drained of their blood. That's right. Um, the crazy part, I'm, all of this is crazy. But another crazy aspect of this is that there is never any sign of activity around these bodies. Mike. There's no footprints, no, it's like it was something. No uh, tracks. They, like dropped from the sky. And I had written down here, you know, the different things that have been yes, yeah, yeah, um, missing ears, eyes, udders. Um, <clears throat> let's see, can't read his own writing apparently. <laughs> I can't that one. Uh, sex organs, tongues being removed, sharp, clean surgical cuts, like a laser yeah. cut, um, and cauterized while it's being cut. Cauterized, yes, completely drained of blood uh, and no tracks or footprints. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, go ahead. The fact that there's no evidence, I mean, that's that's one thing that makes you scratch your head, but the precision of the cuts, mm-hmm. the repetitive nature of what is being done, I mean, if this is if this is a grotesque hoax, I mean, these people, whoever's doing this, need to be thrown in prison and for the rest of their lives, and they need to all rot in hell if they're doing it for shits and giggles. They're trying mm-hmm. to fake people out for whatever flipping reason. If this is done by animals of some sort, apparently we have we have predators out there who should be uh, MDs. They should be right. <laughs> um, uh, working in hospitals. Right. I, I've heard of, you know, people saying that, well, this is just work of predators uh, like coyotes or, or uh, you know, whatever carnivorous little critters. Yeah. They come and they, they chew around these areas. You know, they'll uh, eat out the anus. They'll, they'll, uh, you yeah. know, it's just. And does that describe the cauterization there then? It, you know, that's exactly. These are just, you know, theories that come up that, that people want to make that, uh, refuse to believe that it can be anything but something explainable. I read this quote to Mike before we started this. I'm going to read it again because I want Mike to get fired up. Uh, <laughs> and we're not even close to being done with this. <laughs> but a skeptical description, Mike, of the cattle mutilation phenomena reads as this. <laughs> Simply described, set aside as, poo-pooed as, for lack of a better term, Normal, mm-hmm. normal cattle deaths repackaged as something mysterious 
or paranormal. So there. So according to that, Mike, there are some <laughs> wackos out there who are seeking out mass quantities of cattle who simply have happened to have died in mass amounts in the same areas. And they've decided to, hey, look at this. There's 15 to 20 dead cows over there, Hank. Where's your scalpel? Where's, yeah. you know, where, where's, where's your, your laser that needs a great big uh, yeah. power source that we need to bring along with it? Where's your soldering you know? gun? I mean, let's yeah. let's bring all this stuff out here. Let's make it look like aliens or some yeah. sort of wacky mystery that we'll never take credit for. Yeah. Oh, and then Hank, oh, hey, uh, by the way, on the way over here, you lost another tooth. There you <laughs> Did you need an extra anus in your hallway yeah. there, uh, yeah, Hank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's. Did you, I, you know, I think. Oh, Lord. Hank, I'm, I'm going to take that cow letter and I'm going to make a hat out of it. Ah, I love, that's a good, that's a good style for you. You look and, good. And we're not making cow. fun of anybody you here. You look seriously. good in cow udders, Mike. <laughs> I, it it, it kind of, it, it takes to you a little bit there, my friend. Yeah. Uh, I think you could use an extra cattle sex organ dangling from yeah, your, from yeah. your lobes. Yeah. Oh, you don't have enough vulva. <laughs> necklaces there that you need to share with your friends oh nothing quite like cattle vulva i tell you right now boy nothing like a big pile of boiled anus (laughs) and possum critter yeah (laughs) you put it on that piece on a fat bread and boy it is something hey anyway sorry i never thought i would utter the phrase cattle vulva on, <laughs> on the podcast. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is pretty bad. <laughs> I, oh, I apologize for all. Hey, uh, Hank, I didn't know cows had clitorises. Hardane, <laughs> look at here. Look at what I found. Oh, Lordy. Come on now. I'm disappointed in you, Mike. Let's stop. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. No. <laughs> now, these, <clears throat> uh, it, it, it's interesting that a, a vast majority or at least a good amount of cases of cattle mutilation took place in 1975 between a few, like a half a year, April through October of 1975, Mike, in Colorado. Right. That's interesting. I, I, I really, I have no explanation for that. I'd have to do a deeper dive into it. But these, you know, these sightings have continued. They've continued throughout America and worldwide. Um similar to like crop circles crop circles mm-hmm. are very very right. prominent uh, overseas across the pond you know have they they have occurred in the states crop circles correct they they have uh, absolutely have. yes but to such not an extent not as prominently as as yeah. the as uh, the UK uh, right. they, that's like the uh, mother load of crop circles the mother load yeah <laughs> yeah well okay you know this if this was faked, if this was purely a hoax, you know how much, how many millions of dollars this cost? Oh, absolutely. In livestock fees for absolutely, it's like the crop circles are losing and this losing. Uh, so I mean, you know. this would be this would be. I mean, I joked about them, you know, riding the way in prison, but this is this is a criminal offense. If this was faked, obviously criminal offense. At, uh, not only animal abuse, atrocious 
animal abuse. Oh, absolutely. Animal mutilation, but you're essentially stealing money from yep. farmers. It's a livelihood of the from, ranchers and you know, right. The ranchers and like and like crop circles again. You're you're if it's they're fake, they're they're stealing the the livelihood of uh, the farmers. Mm-hmm. Mike's fighting with the dog. Macy's getting kind of crazy right now. Uh, My blind dog started wandering around the living room, and Macy's just kind of kind of keeping an eye on her guests and get a little overzealous. Zealous, zealous, overzealous. There you go. Yes, there you go. go. Yeah, just go say, go say cattle vulva again five times straight, <laughs> or or cattle clitoris. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> oh, there's my next artwork piece. Oh. <laughs> yucky, yucky. Which I just one second, I need to uh, uh, just flip a little bit. Uh oh, uh, talking about the Pandora, talking about was it Odin that was, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's interesting because with my artwork that I'm starting back up on now, um, I have my first pieces of artwork that I'm planning on doing, you know, full pieces of artwork are North Norse mythology. I'm, I was planning on doing a, a drawing of Odin and, uh, different, uh, pieces like that. So th- this that's is crazy. really something that's amazing to me. That's meant to be, man. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, back on the subject. Okay, well, you either are a believer or a non-believer in what's causing the the mutilations. And for sake of for the sake of this podcast, if you're a believer, you think it's alien related. If you're a non-believer, you think it's either a grotesque hoax or any number of other as inexplicable as it as it could be, unimaginable as it could be, but any number of other quote unquote reasonable explanations. Again, like I mentioned earlier, normal cattle deaths repackaged as mysterious and yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's just, right. that's asinine when it comes, it, in my opinion, it's, it's asinine. But some law enforcement people, and, you know, not necessarily just law enforcement, uh, communities in large, a lot, there's a section that believes that these were essentially cult activities, Mike, or like a... Um, a quasi-religious ritual of some sort. Uh, it's, I, I kind of get that. Maybe satanic rituals. I mean, my goodness gracious, that, that's it's terrifying to think about that, how warped people can be. It's, Mike, what, are you okay? Do you need me to pause? Uh, yeah, actually. Okay, hold on. Mike's <laughs> having issues. I think he just got vomited on by his dog I, or something. I got pooped and peed on by my dog. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's a great time. We're not even going to time travel. This is going to seem seamless right now. So one second, Mike, <laughs> Mike has to go dive into some poop. All right, I told you it would be seamless. There's like a little second of time in there. Mike got pooped and peed on by, by his elderly dog. My blind dog. dog. Yeah. So, she finds her way to my feet and <laughs> lets it go. So Mike was, unfortunately, he, I don't think he heard what I was saying, so I want to repeat yeah. exactly what I just said. Well, maybe not exactly, but some of the theories as to what it might be, Mike. Essentially, right. um, several you know, large communities believe, large communities people believe this, uh, law enforcement believes this, um, well, portions of law enforcement, I should say, that they suggest that these mutilations are due to simply like satanic cults, uh, right, that's qua- a big theory. Yeah, quasi-religious um, rituals. What do you think well, about those two right there? Bolhoy, <laughs> as we used to say in the Philippines when I lived there. Say that again. 
Bolhoy. Bolhoy. Nice. Yeah, same mean the same bullshit, but okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, you know they have to be knowledgeable. They got to have some doctors in there, some surgeons in there to know what they're doing. <laughs> That's a th- whoa, jeez, oh, <laughs> that didn't sound good. I mean, like you said though, Mike. That they, was Macy trying to play with uh, other dogs. But like you said, for the precision of those of these injuries, it's like yeah. These cultists have to have some medically experienced uh, people in their groups to be able to perform these right. atrocities. And, and they take specific parts. Yeah. What are they doing with those parts? And yeah, and why? Burning him in in some or mixing him in some cauldron for some cantation. Some sort of potion incantation. Right. <laughs> yes, am- we will boil these pieces together, and we shall drink it and live forever. Did you know that, Mike, in 1980, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police blamed the mutilations on an unidentified cult? So That's right. That is true. I read that. So, so how can you blame something on something that is un- unidentified? Answer me that right there. <laughs> well, the reason that we have for this, we are going to adjust, we're going to point all the blame... To something unidentified. Right. That is our official stance. Yeah. Which could mean whatever. That doesn't mean anything. No. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, it's interesting here. I am going to read a little bit. Um, it says here, uh, reports within uh, affected ranching communities indicated that the mutilations regularly con- coincided with the sightings of mysterious unmarked helicopters. Right. Some ranchers who suffered the worst losses believed the federal government had performed the mutilations for an assortment of reasons, including mm-hmm. the testing of biological weaponry. Now, hmm. that's, why the that's, specific su- that's suggesting that's suggesting um, kind of a government conspiracy type thing going on. There oh, absolutely. Where we're conducting medical experiments on these poor, innocent animals. But... <laughs> But why see, go does... about it? Why go about it under the dark of night, so to speak? Right. You know, and under such mysterious circumstances, just be forth forthright and say, you know, as sad as it is, we need to conduct these experiments on for, you know, safety reasons for the United States military. Any number of reasons. Can we well, have fifty cattle and do these, or ten cattle, the, or whatever? Why do you have to is, do it under such secrecy? No, the thing is, is that they wouldn't even do that. They wouldn't do it out in the field if they right. were doing this for for specific government reasons. It would be like, know. you know, it's ten stories underground at Area 51 where they can get all the cattle they want. Mm-hmm. Just buy them straight out. Government money. Five hundred dollar hammer. They can do the same thing with cows. Oh, I agree. One hundred percent, Mike. I just I don't get it. You know, they don't need to be doing this out in the field where they would have to have their equipment brought out and lugged out, you know, because they have to have, there has to be the power source for these laser type things that isn't just a backpack thing. Well, maybe there is now, but they wouldn't have to, they could do it in a clinical area, you know, and, and not even be, uh, wouldn't even be an issue of like, Oh, somebody's questioning this. Mm -hmm. It could be all done undercover. In a in a in a laboratory somewhere. And considering if you're if you're all about like kind of government conspiracies and thinking about the power that the government has, you know, the military has, 
if they sincerely wanted to do these secretly, like you said, Mike, they could, they, they would not do this. I'm repeating my phrase under the cover of darkness, right. under the secrecy and sneaking out right. their best medical men. Okay, dudes, go run into the fields, take down yeah. these cattle, and perform your yeah. your experiments as fast as you can, and let's hightail it yeah. out of here. Just pick whichever one comes first and do it. No, wouldn't but wouldn't work that way. That's just asinine to me. But uh, now, man. if it was aliens, and there there are uh, uh, um, reports, personal reports that you know people have seen cows being brought up into a disc shape craft like beamed up you know like it's coming up um and then they do whatever they need to do on the craft take the pieces that they need for whatever reason they do and then they drop the cow from a distance that's why you don't find footprints that's why you don't you know have any evidence of anything being around it yep. it's because it's dropped from the sky there is actually something that i read where there was a cow that had been mutilated and had the pieces taken it was found in a tree jesus Lord. so which would have been dropped from uh alien aircraft possible spacecraft possibly didn't make it to the ground but got caught up in a tree yeah as far as i know cows don't have very good verticals so absolutely i don't think a cow could have leapt up into that tree yeah Oh, there's a piece of leaf up there. I'm gonna yeah. grab, go up there, jump. I'm gonna climb that tree. I'm gonna climb that tree right now with my <laughs> with my cloven hooves. Um, yeah. Hank, give me a boost. Wait, cows don't have <laughs> cows Sorry. don't have cloven hooves. No, they don't have cloven hooves. No, I'm they thinking don't. of I'm thinking of a moose and deer like, and, stuff. and a sheep. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. a goat. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. This is where it starts getting interesting, Mike. Well, I mean, all that's fascinating in a in a deplorable way, in a grotesque way. But this involves Skinwalker Ranch. This is another yes, yes, uh, very much possibility here. Skinwalker Ranch, as listeners more likely know, is a property in northeastern Utah where supposed numerous paranormal activities have taken place. We did. We had a special one on the Ultimate Podcast, which means, Mike, we need to do it again on the paranormalism. Let's see here. I lost my place because I am reading this. I want to get. We have a lot to get to in a short amount of time. Oh, in the subject of the book, The Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a remote, match, remote Ranch in Utah, rancher Terry Sherman lost several heads of cattle to mutilation after buying the 512-acre in 1996. 512-acre property in 1996. Those mutilations coincided with several strange encounters, and one Sherman saw a wolf-like creature three times the size of a normal wolf that was impervious to rifle fire. And yet another occurrence... The researchers saw an odd humanoid creature with piercing yellow eyes spying on him from a tree. Others have still claimed, others have also claimed cases have happened since on their property since that. Still other ties, others tie the mutilation to possible extraterrestrial visitors, Mike. Um, okay, before we move on, if you, Mike's fighting with his dog again, if you can't tell. Uh, this is, Oh, this, the, the joys of podcasting live, and I don't feel like editing too much. Mike looks like he's fighting with a fierce rabbit in his room or something. What's well, that? you know, when you're dealing with a dog that has a tail like a baseball bat. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Mike, I'm, I love her. Mike, I'm See, telling look, you. There she is. Look at those teeth. I ne You need <laughs> to get an isolated podcast room, I know. I've got, the, I've got it planned out. I just need to do it. 
So you if know you how had, I am about getting around to things. <laughs> I think I know where you would lean towards this. You know, I, I don't know if you heard me reading about some of those accounts on the Skinwalker Ranch about the, the mutilations that occurred there. Would you, if you had to choose, would you side with aliens conducting these, these experiments mm. or crazy paranormal phenomena occurring a la the Skinwalker Ranch, which is causing these mutilations as a, you know these mysterious monster-like beings what what would you I, choose i i stick with the alien uh yeah, um yeah me too agenda yeah. um <clears throat> now my heart now my voice is hoarse from yelling at my dog i know <clears throat> <laughs> anyway um well mike you know we're we're, we're running short on time here we so, are so let's in your opinion what okay let, let's let's just both agree for argument's sake that these are alien related okay mm-hmm. great in your opinion why are aliens doing this well there are theories out there and uh um it can go pretty deep as far as uh they need certain parts for genetics for for dna for uh, replication of, of 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 their species, and that's why we have parts partially why we have human abductions, but they go further, you know, with the cow mutilations to taking the parts that they do um, to uh, uh, fix some issues that that the aliens have in their their uh, reproduction or their or their the continuation of their existence mm-hmm. type of thing uh now there, <laughs> there's also one thing i wanted to to throw out there mike we joked about it earlier about you know the alien abduction cases being you know <laughs> like their their classes they're sent out there you know like, here's our our practicing alien abductors yeah, right in all sincerity, what about that? Is what about? Oh my gosh, I can't speak right now. The thoughts or the chances of that being the case here, Mike. And the sure. only reason that popped in my brain, as weird as that sounds, because I think about tattoo artists, and you know mm-hmm. what tattoo artists practice on quite a bit? Pigs. Pig. Pig's ears. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's. It's it's so close to human flesh. Now, let's compare I mean, this. That is tasty when no, it's uh, no barbecued. But so why not the same argument for this? Are they practicing somehow on cattle, bovines, sheep, what have you? Mm-hmm. As terrifying as it sounds, for future experiments on us or mm. themselves. I don't Absolutely. know. Well, that's a great that's a great thought, a great theory mm-hmm. uh, wow. that can be added to a long list of theories. I know. I get you know, any any one is as good as the other. Um, you know, you know, Spock, science officer, brings down a group of, you know, students to uh, do bovine experiments yeah. and uh, graded appropriately. <laughs> so, if you had to, you know, we're wrapping it up here, Mike. It's alien related, right? In your belief. 
in my belief, it's more alien related. I don't buy the whole government conspiracy thing. No, this is a tougher. Satanic. This is a tougher part of that question. Well, maybe it's tougher. Is this, for lack of a better term, nefarious slash evil in nature? Let's face it; they're mut- they're killing and mutilating animals. Is there any way of looking at this in a positive manner whatsoever? They aren't doing it in a malicious way. They're doing it for scientific reasons. They're doing it for uh, something that that they need to do, that they need to have, that they need to, you know, possibly learn, like we talked about. They aren't coming down and saying, okay, we're going to mess with these ranchers' cattle and, uh, and leave this mess. And torture them. And torture them. And they probably aren't tortured. They are probably, you know, sedated uh, and put euthanized down. before yep. they start this stuff. I mean, you know, like aliens, if they're higher uh, um, beings than we are, you know, they aren't going to be wanting to see things suffer or, or, uh, you know, be have, well, you know, some people suffer under them, but. Um, I know it's such a tough thing, isn't it? It's, it like- it's not an evil thing. They don't think of it as an evil thing. Um, and in research that I've done and reading that I have done, there have been actual humans that have complained. And like when they're laying on the table, an alien table, and they're being experimented on and, and they, they are lucid and awake at the time, um, they have yelled out to these aliens that you don't have the right to do this to us and the aliens response is we have every right to do this to you terrifying meaning from what i understood from what i was reading that we kind of belong to them they we are they are the reason we are even existing okay oh my gosh so they (laughs) have every right to uh to do what they want to with us i mean to uh you know, the evolution uh, is possibility. That's what their right is to do. So I, I to get that. develop and to take what they need to. Would you do that, Mike? If you created a living being, would you experiment on it just because you had the right to? Because no, you, because you be, made it? No, it would be uh, um, uh, raising it as a, a sentient being. So to me, that's nefarious and bad and right. evil. So you're right. That is nefarious. So again, it's uh, man, this is that's uh, a it's a tough one, man. I I really yeah, don't know. It is. I think the best possible scenario, if it is alien related, is that like you said, Mike, is for purely uh, medical beneficial purposes for purpose I, of evolution in their species for either themselves, maybe even for us. Who right. knows? And hopefully it is a painless procedure, painless mm-hmm. as much as it can be. Um, that's the best case scenario, in my opinion, and right. my thought on there. Otherwise, otherwise, man, oh my gosh, you're we're opening up a can of worms. It could be well, anything. You can go even deeper, okay? So, and this is more research that I have done and things that I have learned that aliens gray aliens and uh that species have developed from environmental changes in in their lives in their you know over eons 
that is what has become that species, the, the gray aliens, the, the large eyes and whatever. Mm-hmm. They started, they are us evolved to that, yes. that extent. Yep. Yep. Okay. So you could talk about time travel where these species are coming back through time travel to us at this stage of their existence before we evolved into them and they are going through certain problems of existing problems of reproducing and problems of uh, uh, continuing their existence of their species that they're trying to of fix us, that they're trying of to us. Fix. So we, they have to come back and get from us what they don't have anymore yep. in our evolution. And they are, you know, using that to continue their existence, continue our existence mm-hmm. in the future. Oh, uh, wrap man. your head around that. I, I was just going to say the exact same thing, Mike. Wrap your head <laughs> around that notion, that idea. Yeah. So we are them and they are we. And it's a never ending circle. If that yeah. is true, it's it's just it never ends. It doesn't. Right. And look at what we supposedly, whether whatever you believe, evolved from, you know, millions, or not millions, but many, many thousands of years ago. Not human, but something hominid, mm-hmm. something walking upright to where we are now. Who's to say that a million years from now, we haven't evolved into what a gray alien is? Right. We're not to say. We're just somewhere in the middle right now. Who knows? And we're doing podcasts talking about it. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. You know, that would be the holy grail is to somehow come across an alien podcast from, you know, a millennia or eons ago, as you said, Mike, (laughs) and just somehow stumble across these little tiny little, who knows how they recorded podcasts back in the day, alien podcasts, you know, and hearing them talk about these weirdo little kind of humanoid looking creatures that they've just made. And they're going to call them homo sapiens and all that good stuff. Yeah. And it's just, we're going to see where they go. We're going to throw yeah. them in a jar and let them grow. I don't and know. And then you might go back a little bit further and say, do you remember when we used to be protozoa? Oh, yay. Yes. <laughs> I remember protozoa. Yeah. Good old, yeah. Paramecium. I don't know. It's just, uh, it, it, it can give you a headache. It can get you, a, give you a headache. <laughs> But then, the thought is there that, I mean, the, the theories are there and, and we are here to discuss them and get some feedback about what people think. Uh, Hopefully. Yeah. Give, let us know what you think about this. We need to know. We don't know. Oh We're gosh. trying to learn. We're trying to figure out and we will take every theory yes. and, and, and put it all together. And you know, that's a, thank you for saying that Mike, because the podcast is fun and as passionate as we are about it. It is still a learning experience. I mean, that's half the reason we're doing it is to learn. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, and hopefully, you know, open some minds out there and to this crazy content that we just, we are so passionate yeah. about. So, And it gets a little crazier as we get further into the episode because, you know, we've had yeah. another beer and <laughs> we just, people, and we Mike, do drink beer during these episodes. And doggies poop on Mike's feet and all yeah. that good stuff. So. It was right under my, my feet. Well, if there's not a better sign to wrap up the show, I think it's talking about doggies pooping on your feet, yeah, Mike. I, I sit in a bar chair, so it's up high. It is. Because my, my podcast desk is up higher, and 
and my feet actually hang about four inches off the floor. That was a and massive poop. And if I wouldn't have noticed it, <laughs> if I wouldn't have smelled that poop there and looked down and seen the glistening of the pee in my candlelight Yummy. that I always have, Yay. I could have gotten off my stool and stepped in stool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good, Mike. Well, um, with that, everybody, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Oh, thank in. you so much. And, More uh, than so much. Again, help spread the word. Um, tell your friends a check out give paranomaly zone a try uh and again we would love to have you guys check out our our patreon page it, yeah. it's 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 not know, the money it's 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 the the content that we want to share with well, you for a, it a, is. a small fee and the thing is you know <laughs> but we want to make it something unique and and different and special yeah. and it's it if if even one person signs up that makes it so worthwhile yeah, for us, and so I, I, I'm going to be frank, Mike. You can still be Mike, but I'm going to be frank. Okay. I mean, it's definitely something that we're not um, too successful at right now. I'm, I'm being frank. I'm yeah. being I'm being honest and stuff. And we want we have plans of getting merchandise out there. We really do, but yeah. unfortunately, we need more patrons in order to create more <laughs> merchandise. That's just how Absolutely. it works. Because Patreon yeah. uh, takes some money. Um, we can only on. do so much out of pocket. We can, we can, and yeah. so, uh, and, but in which we do, and and we will, and we're willing to do that because absolutely of our love for what we do. Absolutely. So, um, if you're waiting for some awesome uh, paranormal zone hoodies and shirts and stuff like that, we trust us. We want to do that. We are planning on do that, doing that. But right now, it's just not financially feasible. Yeah. Um, and it, also the uh, the Patrick artwork. You know, we need yeah. to. Well, Let sure. people know, yeah, remember that if you uh, join up with Patreon. Give um, your friends. Which reminds me, did you ever send my brother his? No. His, you Because I don't have his address. You've never given I had it. My brother gave it to me. Sorry, yep. Steve. I didn't. I don't nope. know if I gave it to Patrick. Nope, you did not. So And you and you do know the uh, the the piece that he wanted and everything. So. No, I don't know that either right now. Well, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. I do know. He wants the um the um the the eagle drawing, the eagle drawing. The Native, Native American with the eagle. No, yes. Yes. Absolutely. So All right. Maybe, well, well, maybe you okay, did get I'm me. I'm sorry. It's my fault, that, Steve, that you haven't gotten it yet. Maybe you Not didn't Patrick's. give me the address. I don't think you gave me the address. I don't. Uh, okay. We'll take care of it. It'll be on its way. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. <laughs> Help spread the word for Paranomaly Zone, the podcast, and the Absolutely. Patreon page. We would love to see everyone at both. Um, leave positive reviews everywhere you yes. go. Um, that helps tremendously. We can't thank everyone enough for tuning in. Mike, until next time, my friend, what? do our awesome listeners need to do? They need to realize two things. I have two things this time. Number one, we love you all, and that's not a joke. We don't take that lightly. Number two, peace out. 